Back out of here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. Glad you guys could be with me tonight. Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He writes for The Athletic. His name is Mike Sando. He joins us here on 92.3 The Fan. Hello, Mike. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Good. I am, uh, you know, oddly enough, I'm not as nervous as I think people would think a radio host in Cleveland would be right now. And I don't know if it's because the fans aren't giving me anything to be nervous about or I'm just not nervous. Should I be more nervous about the Texans? I guess it just depends. What are your expectations, right? I mean, is it sort of house money to be here with uh, Joe Flacco and given everything that's happened to the team? Or is it going to be a huge crushing disappointment if they lose this game? It'd be a disappointment. It's not... So I, I still think it'd be a success if they lose because it's not one of those seasons where, you know, you're firing people or anything like that. Kevin Stefanski's job is secure. He's not in the hot seat. Andrew Barry has solidified himself as a very good GM. Like A lot has happened this year, even if they lose. But, yeah, it would be crushing if the Browns didn't win this game. No doubt about it. Yeah, so, you know, I think the Texans can win the game. Uh, I do. I think it would be a tough game. I think they're a good team, competent team. So I would pretty much expect probably to have a close game. Why, uh, why do you say that? I, from your perspective, what do you see? Yeah, I, I just think they're solid. I mean, their quarterback's good. I think their defense is good. I think their defensive scheme is good. Uh, you know, and, and so they've been competitive. You know, um, I, I don't think the Browns are just an amazing juggernaut at this point. So uh, it's on the road. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be competitive. Is that more C.J. Stroud or is that more – tell me, is there anything outside of C.J. Stroud that you love about this Texans team? Well, I think, I think their offensive line's been okay, been better than probably expected. I think their personnel's been a little better. Now, you know, they've had some injuries at wide receiver that probably make them easier to defend. Uh, but I think that they've been, you know, solid enough on defense. Do we think that the Browns are just going to go out and score 30 on offense, right? I, I would anticipate it being just a, a relatively closer game, uh, you know, because I think they're competent. I don't think they're great. I just think they're competent. Yeah, let me tell you where I'm I'm coming from on this, and and I really don't want to see my Cleveland Homer guys. So just just please, if I if I come across that way, just be like Jonathan, uh, I, you're a meathead sports talk radio host right now. Please re- reel it back a little bit. I just I don't the way I've seen the Browns play other quarterbacks this year, and I, I was I can give C.J. Stroud all sorts of credit. I just have a hard time thinking the same team that gave Brock Purdy one of the worst games he's played all year, gave Lamar Jackson, who's going to win the league MVP, one of the worst games he's played all year, had shut down Trevor Lawrence, shut down. I, I haven't found a quarterback outside of Matthew Stafford that really lit up the Browns, and even that's debatable whether or not Stafford lit up the Browns' defense. It's the defense more than it is Flacco that I'm in yeah. love with the Browns for this, for this game in particular. Yeah, I like him too. I mean, Geno Smith went down the field to win the game, if I remember right. Yeah, he also went 50 minutes without scoring a touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you can be as confident as you want, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if it was just a runaway laugh for a game. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I think that the Browns will probably win, but the point spread's two, not 12. No, you're right you about know, that. So, no, you're right. And I, I, keep, um, I keep telling my, I, the listeners, it's like Vegas knows something. It's not a two-point spread for no reason. Well, and, I mean, I think the perception of Flacco is relative to what the expectation was. I don't think Joe Flacco's been amazing. I don't think they're sitting there in Houston going, oh, my gosh, have you seen the way Joe Flacco's spinning it with this pass game? This is unbelievable. I think they're like, you know, hey, it's a, it's a really cool story. He's made some big plays, uh, but... I think if we put our brain to it, we can have a decent plan to make him not look like Joe Montana, probably, right? Even though a few weeks ago, he did look like Joe Montana against the Texans. And I think that's why I, I, yeah. 
I'm very confused with Joe, and I want your perception on it because uh, I know I know how good he's been over the previous five games. He said four 300-yard games. I've also seen some downright blunders of plays as well, sure. some just boneheaded interceptions. That kind of comes with the territory of Joe. But what I've seen with him and Kevin Stefanski, I mean, it's night and day compared to what you saw when he was in a Jets uniform, when he was in a Broncos uniform, Mike. I agree. I do agree. I think he's got an energy to him. I think he's brought an energy to the team. I kind of joked that he was uh, – he looked like he was sleepwalking with the Jets, and he's kind of moonwalking now. You know, he, he's really got the spring in his step back. I don't blame him. The Jets was a was a graveyard to go to, right? But mm-hmm. at his stage of his career, he's thirty eight years old. You know, you're not just enjoying playing no matter what, right? You got to be in the right situation. And I think this is is one of those great opportunities late in a career that just sometimes comes into place for guys. It kind of reminds me. You know, of a later career like Vinny Testaverde or, you know, maybe Kerry Collins or just some of these guys who had good careers, uh, but you get a chance late, you know, late in the late going with a good team. And it just changes your outlook and brings an energy. I think they're getting a better level of him than he could, than somebody else who was a bad team could get from him. That's just natural human nature. So it's been really fun to watch. I, I think it would be really fun if the Browns could win this game and they could play the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that would be just the most fascinating thing just because of the, the way teams in the AFC North play Baltimore better than other teams do. You already won in Baltimore. Uh, it would really be something. And Mike and Mike Sando, the athletic, joining us here. If he wins in Baltimore and takes down Baltimore as the one seed this year, uh, I got to tell Baltimore fans we we share him now. Uh, I know he won Baltimore a Super Bowl, <laughs> but we we share him now. It would be unbelievable. I actually went back a couple weeks ago, and I was like, okay, when he won the Super Bowl in 2012 with Baltimore, like what was his final month of the season look like? Because he remember he was on fire in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even think he threw an interception. It was like 12 touchdowns, no interceptions, <laughs> you know, like 120 rating or something like that in the postseason. And when you looked at the end of the year, it wasn't that great. Like it was kind of like this idea that he caught fire. So I was, I was wondering like, Hey, you know, why not? Could he catch fire now? You get a little chance to reset. He's been there a, a bit longer, uh, right. You get your, he probably got, you know, used the, the downtime to, to just feel a little fresher and, and, and really sharpen up on everything. What if he did come out and had a hot run? You know, I think he dared to dream. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like the naysayers, at least the ones that we're hearing from, they, they, they kind of bring up that what you're hinting at there is that Flacco, he's streaky, and the streak has worked in our favor now, but I guess you never really truly know when the streak's huh. just going to go away. Yeah, but, I, but here's the thing about the streak. It's not like they've been great on offense in all the games that he's been there. They True. have a great defensive team. True. And so, uh, you know, I think he's also, if you would say, I would say the last couple games, right, Houston and the Jets were... Um, you know, better offensively, but shoot, it's a three interception game against the bears and probably should have had more. Mm -hmm. And while I understand he had three touchdowns, one interceptions against, you know, against Jacksonville, uh, there was some bad in that game too. So I don't feel like he's actually totally hit stride yet. I I don't, I don't think it's a situation where, you know, it's, it's going to strike midnight and now, Oh, this magical run is over. I don't think he's been on a magical run so far. I think he's been finding his way on a good team, made some big plays, but I think he could actually play a little bit more consistently and a little more uh, efficiently, you know, start to finish in a game. 
I mean, that's music to my ears because I, I, I believe you're 100% right. And, and if, the, if the Browns are going to have a deep postseason run, we've never needed a quarterback to be top five. It's not, it's not really what this Browns defense needs. You just need a quarterback to be average, to be good, to be decent. And that's kind of the surprising and, and really kind of if you think about Deshaun Watson in the equation, kind of the sad part about all this is that the Browns took a big swing thinking that they needed a top five quarterback as most teams do. But then they put this defense together around them, Mike, where they honestly, they don't need a top five quarterback right now in order to, to go deep in this postseason. Not yeah. this one. Well, there, there's different kinds of top five quarterbacks, too. I think Deshaun Watson, at his best, created a lot, held the ball, moved around. Uh, that sort of a thing. When you think about what is the best quarterback for Stefanski's offense, it's probably not that. It's someone who's going to just execute the offense well. And yes, if you need to make a special play, by all means, go ahead and do it. We need that sometimes. But just some, somewhat of Flacco's ability to run the offense and take what's there, use the play-action game, and be able to deliver the ball downfield uh, to receivers has been kind of music to their ears, I think. You think Flacco... In the off season, we'll look at it and say, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the guys that are talking about me are right. Maybe, maybe it is because you know Stefanski. I'm doing great, but Stefanski and the system Stefanski has, and and what he does and allows me to do, really kind of works for me. And so I'll come back to Cleveland instead of going and being starter elsewhere. Do you feel like the rest of the NFL is going to say, hey, uh, 10, 12, 13 million dollars? We want you to be a starter. Uh, come be our starter, Joe, and then I'll take that happily. I don't think the other teams are going to be out there for Joe Flacco at this stage of his career. I think he's found a, a great place for him. And I think you know, players at this stage of their career or players who are looking to rebound, the fit, the environment, where you're at matters so much. Baker Mayfield is way better off with Tampa Bay and running with that rather than trying to cash in and go see if he can do it with Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Geno Smith was much better with staying with Seattle after his good season in 2022 than he would have been if he went to the Saints, right, and just started over. Yeah. So yeah. I think for some of these guys, find your spot, have the maturity to know, to know what you are and what you're not, and that the fit is everything. And in this locker room with this coaching staff is a great fit for him. There's not going to be other teams out there saying, hey, Joe Flacco at 38, take us to the Super Bowl. That's just not going to happen. On the Texans side, do you buy into like rookie jitters in a game like this for someone like C.J. Stroud who played against Georgia last year in a college football championship game and, and has experience uh, in big-time games? Yeah, I think that- – you know, sometimes players could get a little bit too hyped up early in a game. You know, I think we saw that a little bit in the college national championship game. I felt like uh, I felt like Washington's uh, quarterback didn't. Yeah, yeah Penix. Sorry, I, I only live in the Seattle area. I'm, I was drawing a blank. <laughs> okay. I felt like Penix like was so seemed so amped up, and he never really settled in. I don't know if he was nervous, but he was just like missing guys, overfiring. Right? I think that sort of a thing sometimes can happen. I don't know. I think. C.J. Stroud has shown great poise, would probably settle down over the course of the game. The one variable there is the Browns' defense. I mean, they can make anybody nervous. So, you know, C.J. Stroud, if he's on his back or getting hit around, that's going to be reflected in his play. Mike Sando, The Athletic, joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, Did you vote for DPOI or no? Uh, Yeah, I uh, did cast a vote, and uh, I have been uh, a supporter of Miles Garrett. Okay, good. I'm not going to press any further. I know there's rules against uh, what you can and cannot say. I I would imagine that you also connected the dots that uh, just because 19 equals more than 14, there's more to being a pass rusher than just getting sacks. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, yes. No, no doubt about it. I thought, uh, you know, Miles Garrett also just being on such a great defense, but I loved a couple of the plays. I, th- I think when he was jumping over the line and to block the 
kick against the Colts. You know, no one pulls that off. Everyone gets flagged for landing on somebody. And then the, my favorite one was going back and forth across the formation when they were they got to delay a game trying to match up with them. That's hilarious. I mean, that, that's like <laughs> one of those things that'll be on NFL films in 30 years. It's like a Reggie White legend type thing, Larry Allen legend type thing from back in the day. I thought that was great. Uh, last one. You're in the Seattle area. What's the reception to Pete Carroll and the news that broke a couple days ago? Yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of fans, you know, you get spoiled when you have a good coach. Uh, it's like, you know, the final years of Belichick or Don Shula, you know, you, you, you forget almost how good you have it. So there's been a little bit of restlessness here in Seattle because they haven't made a deep push for a while. Uh, but it's also a little bit of a, hey, careful what you wish for thing because Pete has a lot of great things with him too. It was probably time. It was probably time. I think as coaches are in one spot for a long time, you know, their staffs kind of decay a little bit. And it's time sometimes to have a new uh, spin on things. That being said, he's a special coach, and they're going to miss him. He's a great leader. Mike Sando, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate you, and we'll catch up with you later. Thank you. Great. Thank you. All right, great. Thank you so much. Great stuff, man. I'll talk to you later. Okay, I'll see you. Bye. Bye.